Uh, this is uh, Paul Anthony Davis, life coach here in Las Vegas, Nevada. And at first I want to say I want to thank everybody for their just warm messages for my first podcast. Um, I'm really appreciative of that. This is my second one. And the time I want to talk about taking responsibility for one's life. And I really feel deep about that because, you see, I spent a lot of time in my life I'm 62 now, you know, blaming other people for my problems. We all do it. You're trying to take care of your family. You're trying to pay your bills. You're trying to live a happy life. And you know, you're, you're in a system sometimes that, well, it gets a little frustrating. And when things start falling apart, we, we blame other people for our, our errors or our issues or the things that are going on, the tribulation that we're being forced to face with. Well, I'm no different. When I decided to become a life coach, the one thing I knew was there was no way that I could help other people unless I could first help myself. I had to understand all situations. I had to understand people. I had to have a clear understanding of the world that I live in. I needed to understand history from everyone's culture. I had to articulate myself in my mind to the world that I was living in. You see, I'm a black man in America. I'm a black man in this world. I know what I have to go through, but I needed something very special to happen to me. You know, I've always been gifted. I've always had a talent, but it took a long time for me to understand what that talent was and what my mission on this planet was. It wasn't just being Paul Anthony Davis and just being that guy. I had to be the special dude that I am right now. You know, I've been in mental health for, oh, about 20 years and I've worked at University of Cincinnati and where I first got my education at in college. And, and I've been around some of the most beautiful people in my life. You know, I lost loved ones when I was early and I was adopted and I had to go through a whole lot of terrible childhood. And, you know, the Holland family, I, I love you guys so much out there in Cleveland for this helping me be great. But I got into mental health because I, I really wanted to help people. I wanted to make a difference. And I did it in University of Cincinnati and I did it at UCLA and out here in Las Vegas, Nevada, I would work at all the hospitals here. But you see, I always had this voice. I always had that ability to communicate and talk. And Well, you understand how hospitals work. If any of you out there have ever had mental health issues where you've had to go to a hospital or you, you know you've had drug issues or your life's just been falling apart and you, you go into the hospitals for help, well, unfortunately, the hospitals are there to make money. The doctor makes money on the medication that he gives you. The social worker's job is to keep the program working by giving you little groups. The nurse's job is to keep the unit going. And then they hire people to, well, they're supposed to be the guards, kind of, but they call them techs. Well, you know, I had a lot of education, but I couldn't get into the higher levels. You know, we got three kinds of people in the world. We got what I call a minion. We got what we call a leader. And we have the undecided. The undecided are like the walking dead to me. They, have, they haven't decided which way they wanted to go. But the minion will do anything that they want. These are the guys that usually become your supervisor and usually in charge of you. The leader is the one that really ever gets in that position. So I'd go in the hospital and I, I would see all these depressed people all the time. And every day I would go in and I would, you know, be Paul. You know, I'd come and talk to everybody. And, you know, the groups, they get paid a lot of money to run a group. I always work the evening shift. And, you know, a lot of the other workers don't want to do those groups. Because, well, that means you got to get in front of people and talk. Well, see, I'm a talker. I love communicating with people because I love people. 
and I'd go in the room and, well, I started running all the groups in the hospital. They would have me work with the kids and the adolescents and, you know, it was just really amazing. But, you know, one day I walked into a room and everybody was depressed and I can't explain to you a gift. And that's like going up to LeBron James or, or going up to your favorite singer and asking, well, what, how do you do what you do? The response would be, well, you know, I just got this, you know, well, I've got this voice, you know, and I'd walk in and something would happen to me. I can't explain it to you, but I would say things that just started motivating people. First of all, they don't want to go to groups because they're drugged out. But my group would come first. I'd have five. Then I'd have 10. Then I'd have 20. Is Paul running the group? They will say. And then everything I know, I got the whole ward in the, in, in, in the room. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I don't know what I'm doing, but I must be doing something good. And the next thing people say, you know what? I've been dealing with this doctor for 20 years and you just came in, Paul, with 15 minutes. Man, I, I just feel alive. I just want to thank you so much for what you're doing. And I'd walk out and say, I don't know what I said. You see, I would say things and I'd walk out and don't even know what I just did. It was just so spiritual, so beautiful, so such a great moment. Well, I remember I told you, hospitals are made to make a lot of money. They're not really there to help you. They're there to make money on you. So when you're down, they make money on you. It's like residual income. They know it's always going to be coming. And at the end of all the groups that I would do, the patient had the opportunity to give a thank you. So they would fill out these little forms. And, you know, all, the, all my folks out here in Las Vegas that ever worked with me, you know what I'm saying is so true. It's so amazing, but it's so true. And they would, I would end of, I guess, a month, I would have maybe 150 or 200 of these thank yous. Well, that would get to the administrator. Now, you would think that the administrator would be so happy that, boy, we got somebody here that's making a difference. You know, they fired my ass. <laughs> I mean, I get fired every time. And I go to the next job and I say, well, okay, you guys run the group. I don't want to run the group. You go on and do it because I don't want to get fired. And well, the nurse would come and say, well, Paul, you know, nobody wants to run the group. Could you run the group? And I said, oh, gosh, you mean I got to go and try to do this again? So I would go in and then this thing would happen again. I, I can't explain it to you. But I would say something in that room that would motivate people for greatness. For some strange reason, I had people come up and say, man, I don't know what, who you are, but I just want to thank you for what you're doing for me. I, you know, I was a life coach, so I've been a life coach for the last seven years. And I, I would use the life coaching principles in my speeches or the things that I would say to people. And I just, I just wanted to make a difference. And then they would fire me again. In fact, they brought me in the room one time and told me, you know, Mr. Davis, you know, we appreciate your services here, but we're here to make money and people are starting to get a little bit better. and We don't want to lose all our patients. And I would sit back and you see, I would internalize it. I would get so angry each time I would get sick. You know, think of the last time you've done that where you got a disappointment in your life, but you internalized it. You said you put it on you versus like looking at your situation and saying, well, you know what? That's just what it is. It's not that my anger or the way that I felt was unjustified. Well, that wasn't it. It's just I didn't understand that, Paul, you weren't there to work for them. You were there to help people. Even though they employed you, you were already well-educated. You'd already went to the University of Cincinnati. You'd already had the hard locks of life. You'd already attended UCLA, which is a hard school to get in. You were that smart to do that. You were that smart to do everything that you have done. But Paul, you never did everything by yourself. You always had somebody there to help you. People, what I'm trying to tell you, 
Don't blame other people for your errors or your problems. Stand up. Say, you know what? I made a mistake. You see, when I went into the room, it was Paul that decided I wanted to help. It was Paul that said, you know what? I got a group of 50 people in this room. I don't even know where you're coming from. You're coming from other wards to hear me. I must be doing something special. You know, Paul Davis, you must be doing something right. But they would fire me. And I would take that as, well, there's something wrong with me. I would put it on me. And then my real friends would come and say, well, you know what? You need to do this and you need to do that. Yeah, you're right. I need to do that. Okay, fine. But everybody was wrong. I was doing exactly what I was supposed to do. You see, sometimes we're put in situations where we don't understand that you're there for a particular reason. There's something outside of you put you there. It put you there to make a difference in somebody else's life. It wasn't about you. I was the highest paid uh, worker in one facility. I was the highest paid. I was making almost $40,000 a year. I was the highest. The administrator said, well, I made $200,000 a year. We got to get rid of this guy. This guy has taken away my shine. And the social worker said, well, I got a master's degree. I can't run a group like he can run a group. I'm supposed to be better than him. But they don't understand. I got your same education. I may not have your same degree, but I got the education of life. And education doesn't, doesn't mean that you're going to get a job. It doesn't help you get a job. And education was only designed to help you defend yourself when people are persecuting you. It help you open up your mouth and say, this is... It, I'm a free man. It wasn't me. This is not fair. I'm going to tell you and, and understand the law and understand how to communicate, learn how to write. That's all an education is to do for you. Everything else that we do in this world, we don't do it for us. We have to do it for other people. You know, I got fired from every mental health facility that I worked in because I was the best speaker in the entire facility. Because my knowledge base of being a life coach and being a motivator was more than your master's degree in social work, it was more than your master's degree as an administrator. You know, we have a lot of cowards in the world. They're nothing but pure cowards. They hide behind glasses. They hide behind cars. They hide behind complexion. I can't hide behind those things. I got to be Paul. And you know what? I'm going to tell you something. This is my second podcast. And it's my goal to be one of the best motivating speakers in this entire world. And I'm focused. I'm pumped up. I say, you know what? I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring you, Paul. But every day, you're going to put a smile on your face. And you're going to walk down the street dealing with a world of pandemonium. But you're going to be special. Because you are special, Paul Davis. And when you can say your name. And say that you're special. And admit to you. Then I'm no longer going to complain. I'm no longer going to blame other people for my problems. I'm going to say, you know what? I don't know what I'm here on this planet to do, but I'm going to learn. The first thing I'm going to do is close my mouth. The second thing I'm going to do is open up my ears. I'm going to listen more. I'm going to hear what people say. I'm going to let another spirit come within my life and change the way that I look at things and the way that I feel about things and the way I feel about myself. You know, my education is in science. And as I told you in my first podcast, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. It means that where there's good, you know, there just simply has to be evil. And one of the teachings that I do in the book that I use, and I do want to share it with you, 
is Napoleon Hill, Outwitting the Devil. It's one of the most amazing books that I've ever read. Um, just changed the way that I looked at things, you know, and I've got secrets. You know, I'm going to be sharing them in the seven podcasts that I'm going to be doing. And if you just listen to what I say, if you just follow that baritone voice, if you just believe that what I'm telling you comes from my heart, because, you know, a lot of times people talk from their mouth. When you change all that game and you start talking from your heart, you real. And when you real, people feel you. Man, I walk down the street. I got little children saying hi. I got I got people waving now. I got people being real. You know why that is? Because there's a new guy in town. He doesn't concern himself no more with things. It's just special. And you got to feel that same feeling. You got to surround yourself with good people, people that are going to support you. You don't need minions. You don't need somebody that's going to tell you how good you are, how great you are. They're going to tell you, you know what, you, you're messing up, Paul. You got to change this. That ain't working for you. I got real friends. And then I got people that will see the negative people. See, when I walk in the door now, people want to shake my hand, you know, and they they want to give me a hug and they want to say thank you. Well, I went into a room in a hospital and I had one of the most overwhelming days of my life when I walked in and saw 65 people. I said, where are all these people coming from? They would get out of their bed and they'd be 70 years old to come to a group. That's special. See, that's love. See, that's what we got to be about. In 2020, I don't care if you're white. I don't care if you're green. I don't care if you're orange. We are one. We are united. We got to be united front. We got to be people that say, you know what? I don't know about what tomorrow's going to bring, but today I'm going to be happy. See, today I'm going to walk over there and I'm going to shake that man's hand. See, today I see that woman needing help. I'm going to pick her up. See, today I'm going to do something I never did in my life. I'm going to smile. And I'm going to give a genuine smile. And what I'm going to do is when I walk in the room, I'm going to light it up just with a spirit. I swear, sometimes when you're down, when you don't know what to do, cut that television off. Cut that music off and just either take a walk or get in a quiet time. When you don't know what to do, when you are men that you've gone to the last moment of your moments, you're going to get a message. It's going to come in your subconscious. It's going to tell you exactly what to do. You need to follow it. You need to believe that that message that you just got was you just reached out of the, the falseness and the fakeness of this world. And you have just moved into a whole nother consciousness, something I never believed in. You see, I never was a believer in God. You bring that up to me. I just you piss me off. But see, now I understand there's something special going on right now. Paul ain't just Paul no more. I'm a special guy. And well, you know, I look at all the podcasts and I just appreciate everybody that's out there just doing everything that you're doing. Because you know what? For all the life coaches out there, for every person that puts their trust in the words that they say, for anybody, I don't care who you are, that you have the courage to say, you know what? I'm not perfect. I know I need work. But I'm willing to work at it. I'm willing to try. I'm willing to cry if I got to to be a better person. Well, you got a shot. You see, now you got a chance to be something you never dreamed you could ever be. So I got to watch a man 
the best wide receiver in the world, could run 22 miles an hour, throw away $30 million because he's a complete fool and couldn't understand what I'm talking about right now. So if the greatest wide receiver in the NFL who's not working right now could hear my voice, my name is Paul Anthony Davis. I don't have your money. Hell, I worry sometimes about how I'm going to pay my rent. But I got something special. And I'm going to get blessed. I want to thank Les Brown. I want to thank the Holland family. I want to thank you. God bless you. Have a great 2020. And the next podcast that we're going to do, we're going to talk to young people. Because we need you. We need you to be great. And I, I need you to be great. Thank you so much. Have a great day.